0: Level five of my little underground. It's Peter A here. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or on my website, PeterARadio.us. And I got a new playlist up on title. Watch Out Volume 6. Tons of great new artists to watch out for. And my guest today comes all the way from Queens. Her name is Aphrodite and her new album, Aphro Diaries, is out right now. It's on Bandcamp and Spotify, I think, right? Is that um, right?
1: Actually, it's out on Bandcamp, SoundCloud and Audio Mac right now.
0: There you go. Yes. And welcome, Miss <laughs> Aphrodite.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I know you said that you're getting all your singing out of the way on this project. Does yeah. that mean next time around is going to be more, more rapping?
1: Um, I definitely want to include some more rap, but I mean, I'm a singer first before anything, so of course there's going to be it's going to be very melodic, yes. but it's definitely going to be more bar-based.
0: Yeah, I'm very yeah. excited for that because okay. the one thing I notice in on your album, you kind of flow even when you're singing. Yeah. So it's like you want to rap, but like something's telling you, yeah, like you said you're a singer, yeah. you're a singer first, which which is really cool and you know, we were Thank talking you. before about your the importance of social media and how it it Mm -hmm. helped you and you have a pretty solid you know following Mm -hmm. did you ever do paid social media posts Um, to promote anything
1: no I've actually never paid to promote anything before I um everything I put out was like hey I put this out listen to it Like, I had a couple people, um, that pushed my music for me, um, that, you know, shout out to everybody that did have faith in me, um, but Blue Light probably was my biggest song, and when Blue Light came out, um, there was this, I forgot who exactly did it, but somebody forwarded it to a lot of, um, blogs and podcasts and things like that, and they, they definitely circulated. I think it's almost at 10k plays now, so, um. Yeah, and that was with barely any promotion on my end because I'm terrible at that stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's so. something that like that that stuff's important. You yeah, know?
1: I know it's just like very repetitive. I do have to learn how to set up like automated posts for my account so that it just does it for me, but mm-hmm. I never get around to it because super forgetful. But yeah, yeah. Um, never paid to promote anything before.
0: I did once, I think, for my first episode of this podcast, mm. but it, it, it worked. But I think I've gotten the same a similar amount of reach mm-hmm. just by just doing it organically but I think it's important to do that if you want to reach people outside of where you true, are true. but it's not like a big priority right now because yeah. I think the thing is for like people that are on the come up from I think music and whatever mm-hmm. media is just to like make sure your content is good first yeah because if you're a shitty rapper or a crappy singer it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how much reach you have if yeah it, if it sucks yeah so using you know because you have a decent following on Twitter. How do you think is the best way to reach people on that?
1: Um, I think, well, the way I actually um came about to be on Twitter is um, I didn't have a real good relationship with people I was in high school with. Like, I had friends, but mostly at my high school, it wasn't. I I wasn't really social with people, so I ended up after I graduated, I didn't really talk to anybody, so I ended up um getting on getting back on Twitter. I had like a a thousand accounts and I used to delete them because. You know, my friends would hop back from Facebook to Instagram to Twitter, and then everybody got off Twitter. I'm the only one out of my circle that really is on Twitter like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I started talking to people out of state, and they found out I did music. Well, I I when I started making music, I never really... I wrote, but I used to do, like, Frank Ocean covers and things like that. Just stuff to put on, like, my YouTube page. Um but then I, I got more into my writing. And then after I started uploading songs, people from, you know, my friends from other states would be like, wow, you're really good. They would tell people about it. And then my followers started growing. And then there was an incident um, where I got a lot of followers. It wasn't even for my music, though. It was um, <clears throat> this girl that I had seen. Like, she was like a really big on Twitter and like she was a bully. Mm. like in that sense. So she would like make fun of people. Like she would say, talk a bunch of shit about like black men and all types of crap. And then like, she never used to show her face. A troll. Yeah. Mm. So she used to show like half of her face. And I remember one day um, I was with my boyfriend at the time and we went to Applebee's and I ended up seeing her. Oh, and I recognized her like, and at the time I didn't even follow her. I didn't like keep up with her. I just seen her and I recognized her from the picture. So then, like, my boyfriend, we were talking, and I was like, I think that's her. And then he told me to, you know, he asked me, he dared me to go up to her and ask her if it was her. So I did, and she tried to deny it, and but mm. then the, I heard the waitress call her by her name. I'm not going to put her name out here because, you know, it's not mm. really important, but... um yeah basically it I, at the time i was like only i was only 18 so i was like childish i recorded her in the bathroom and then i posted it to twitter Yeah, and i told the story about how i found her and since she was so big like on twitter everybody was like that's her like and it went viral i i remember Bo- bossip even contacted me like i had to change i changed Whoa. my screen name and everything because i just didn't want to be attached to that because really that's when you look back at it now, everybody looks at me as I'm the bad guy because I took a picture of her, but nobody accounts for the things that, you know, she was doing at the time. But I mean, recently, actually, she um, came back on Twitter, and that would, that actually caused a little stir again because um, she, w- she took a picture of herself because she lost a lot of weight, and she tagged me in it, and she was like, oh, you're the girl that exposed me that day, and, you know, your cruel actions, quote-unquote, are the reason I changed, blah, 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 blah. So you know, that actually, that that got me a lot, a lot of followers. I think I actually gained like a thousand followers from there. And then more people started looking, you know, at me and my music. So it actually benefited me. So I'm actually kind of glad it happened. But, you know, uh, that's probably the, the moment that I knew I could take the most advantage from social media and use it to my benefit you know
0: you experienced the best and worst yeah. of social media at the same exact time Definitely. you gained followers and you were like essentially called out for being a troll but yeah. you were being trolled in the first place yeah that's nuts that's so crazy
1: yeah the internet is a crazy place man
0: absolutely you just got you got to maneuver it the right way you know because it, just-
1: it makes the world so much smaller
0: yeah (laughs) there's people
1: on Twitter that have beef that live in two completely different states like Mm -hmm. I don't like there's been like and if you really stay on Twitter like I have there's this one hilarious story where this guy um I think Christmas Eve it was something like they was arguing over sports and he drove I don't know where he drove from but he drove to Temecula to fight some guy yeah (laughs) Over sports, and I was like, "Wow, this is people really take this stuff seriously." Like, yeah, that's like, hilarious.
0: Trolls really exist to the fullest on in the online gaming community because mm-hmm. I play games online a lot, and in years I've I've heard the worst things possible from. Things said about women to black people, and oh my god, if the rest of the world went on was on gaming community, people would just be people would be murdered. I swear to God for the things that are said, people just say
1: whatever they feel like behind the screen. Oh yeah, I think we're all guilty of that. You know, like I mean, yeah, when I was
0: way younger, maybe thirteen, at some point in your life, you know,
1: there's there's like. A point where you take responsibility for your actions. Like, I sincerely apologize to the girl when, when she actually finally called me out on it because I deleted, originally I deleted all my tweets and I never really pressed the issue again. And she never contacted me personally. We've never followed each other, like I said. So it was like, it just happened and then it, you know, died down. People started talking about the next thing. So when she finally did address me on it, I was just like, you know, I apologize. I was 18 at the time. It wasn't my best choice and I'm sorry, you know, but... You know, some people grow, some people don't.
0: That's true. If you're not growing, you're dying.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: You want your fan base to be truthful to you. Mm -hmm. So have people within your closest circle listened to your album and given you an honest critique? Mm,
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that my, for the most part, I mean, granted, I get mostly good reviews, um, but um, I think the most honest person that I've gotten critique from would be um my engineer to Kai um Kai Royale rather set his whole government out but (laughs) yeah he always tells me where the areas that I lack in the areas I could do better like he's probably the most honest anyone's ever been with me as far as my music goes um and then I my friends always give their feedback. They tell me the areas I should, you know, work on. I my man uh, well, my manager, Janice, um, <clears throat> she definitely also gives me a lot of honest feedback too. So I have a you know, I keep pretty decent company, you know, wise people, people that um care about my craft and I care about them. So, you know, we give, you know, honest feedback to each other with whatever we do.
0: And what areas were you told to improve upon?
1: Um I think it's not even so much the music itself, but like the business aspect, like I need to get on top of, um, being more out there. I don't have any visuals. So that's something that I'm actually being pressed about as right now. Like, um, I need to, I've just actually came up with a video concept. It came to me like right before I was going to bed like two nights ago and we're actually going to start filming on Saturday. But, um, yeah, for two thousand seven. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. I love that one. I
1: feel like a lot of people like that song. And that song has a lot of special meaning to me because of the end of it. Yes. So oh,
0: we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I think my only critique of it is on two thousand seven, mm-hmm. I think when you're rapping, your rapping parts are kind of buried by like the instrumental. Yeah. 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 It just kinda like sometimes I can't even understand what you're saying when you're rapping. Like your singing comes off very well, but like your your rapping is buried underneath yeah. the the beat. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my only real critique of that.
1: Yeah, I that was just um, there was a lot. There was a couple issues with the mixing during my project. Um, I that's 2007. I actually did not do with Kai. I did at a different studio. Um, the studio at Silent Barn actually.
0: Oh really? Wow. Yeah.
1: Um, so it was a different. Like everything was kind of different. The levels were different. And then when I tried to master everything it just like the the levels just weren't like matching as I wanted it to. So I was actually thinking about pushing it back just so I could like, you know, fix it. But the amount of money and time that I had already invested into it, it's it's hard when you're in, independent, you don't have anybody backing you. So absolutely. at some point I just had to like, let it go. Cause if you know me, I'm my hardest critic. So I'll just keep tweaking stuff until I am broke. <laughs> And I don't have any money. And then it's just like, okay, I have this project out for free. And I have nothing to my name. So at some point, I just had to, like, let it be what it is, you know. And people will accept it for what it is. And then the next whatever comes after that will just be growth.
0: But, yeah, you're investing in yourself at this yeah. point. So I think that's, you know, doing something till you go broke is, mm-hmm. is helping you at, at this point. Because if you don't invest in yourself, no one else is. True. You know? Because... No one's going to pay for my, you know, studio sessions to do this podcast. Only I am because I believe in what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess you just got to follow your path that way. And you're getting into photography, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Actually, I, I, um, I started getting into photography back when I, I didn't, I never had a camera. I bought one like recently probably a few months ago, but back when I had my iPhone six. I would just walk around and take pictures and I, I didn't realize that I was actually good at it until like my friend, I was posting some pictures from my camera roll to my Snapchat and my friend was taking a photography class in college and she actually hit me up on the side and was like, hey, um, those pictures are really nice. Can I use them for my photography class? And I was like, really? She was like, yeah. And that's when I realized I kind of had a, a knack for you know, catching moments. So I invested in the camera and I've been doing, I definitely been taking some photos, experimenting. You know, I want to get into photo editing. I like the raw images, but I do want to like learn how to tweak things. Like, and, but yeah, it's a, it's something I something I can definitely make money off of if I, you know, focus. Right. So that's what I'm trying to do right now.
0: Do you have an actual camera, or you just use your? your yeah,
1: iPhone? I have. A, I have a Canon Rebel T6. I just bought it a couple months ago.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. keep doing that. What was the, the last thing you took? The last photo, professional. <sighs>
1: thing i went to joey badasses um, there you go <laughs> i went to his clothing line release party um, release event with murder bravado it was like pro era murder bravado collab and he was there ricky doula was there um and I just took, I just like started striking up conversations with people and taking pictures of them. And um, I was with my friends, uh, Bar and Olive, um, together. They're your mystery guest, and they um, they do photography too. So we were literally just all walking around, taking pictures and experimenting with different lighting and backgrounds and stuff. So. Yeah, I actually got a lot of good shots. I should have brought my camera so you could see some, but
0: yeah, I'd love that. I, yeah, that's awesome. I think I
1: have some on my phone. I'll show it to you later. But yeah,
0: yeah, do yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely photography. That's what I should have said. Photography is like one of my other passions.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you already got the camera, you're you have some terminology down. you you know how to you're yeah. trying to work how to edit and and you know uh. Pr- What's that? What's the thing? Photoshop. Yeah. 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 Use
1: I, that? I, I used to experiment with Photoshop when I was in college, but yeah. I haven't, since the program isn't free, I haven't yeah. bought it, <laughs> but um, that, I think that's the only thing I miss about college, the resources.
0: There you go. I was, yeah. I was, the only reason why I have Adobe Audition now is because of college. Yeah. I, it was given to me for free. So, uh, yeah, that that's the one thing that people don't understand about college. It's not just about sitting in a classroom. Yeah. You have certain things that are available to you. Yeah. People worked on my resume and stuff like that. So definitely. that's the, that's what you pay for, too. Mm-hmm. You just don't pay for textbooks. And your people talk, you yeah. know, sometimes bullshit. Yeah. There's a lot of bullshit in college, but definitely. a lot of things that are definitely helpful. So with photography, are you at a level where you can make business cards, have people book you to shoot oh, their wedding, I'm or are you just still kind of learning? I'm
1: still trying to put my feet in the water, see where I... Um, excel yeah. at the best i haven't been able to um well i obviously i shot at an event but i haven't been able to really like be the sole photographer and like catch you know like i i'd never done a wedding or anything like that like i need to actually do it before because i feel like once you get into that um field you kind of get to see where you're good at and then like once i i need to go to a wedding so i could just take pictures my sister's actually she just got proposed to but she's not getting married till 2020 but yeah um yeah i want to see where i can because i think i can do pretty well and i could get paid to do stuff like that because once once you're a good photographer everybody wants you to take pictures for them so um yeah i'm trying to trying to do that now
0: I think 2020 is a great year to get married because that's when the presidential election is, is coming <sighs> so like it would be awesome to get married when Trump is getting out yeah, you know that definitely. would be fantastic <laughs> oh man I might just do that just because you know <laughs> so you grew up in Queens Queens Village right?
1: yes I did
0: what was it like growing up around there because I'm I'm originally from Rosedale and. Um. Queens is very diverse. So, mm-hmm. like, people who grew up in Jamaica have a different story from people who grew up in Flushing Meadows yeah, and stuff like that. definitely. Yeah. I
1: grew up... Um, Queens Village is actually relatively... Well, my side of Queens Village is actually relatively quiet. I don't know if you ever heard of O'Connelly Park, OCP. No. It's on Murdoch. And it's, like, well, like further down from where I live. But I live closer to the border of Queens and Long Island. So oh, okay. So it's, like, the, like, the last block before the cross island after you cross over the cross island it's immediately elmont so i live also live on the border of queen's village and cambridge heights yeah so it's a lot of intersections there but it's pretty relatively quiet there's mostly houses and there's like one corner store within like 12 block radius you're by queen's
0: boulevard no, I'm not by no? Queensborough. Okay. I'm
1: by like Springfield-ish kind
0: oh, of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, I'm from Rosedale, so I I used to be in and out of that yeah. that area a lot.
1: I went to this. I've been there my whole life. Mm-hmm. I lived in a house two blocks away from my current house when I was like one, mm-hmm. and then we moved, so I have no memory of that. But I've been in the same house my whole life, same um, block, same room. Uh, I went to the preschool down the block. My dad used to walk me there every day when I was younger. Um and i've never really lived anywhere else um the only place i've ever been to outside of here like if i travel was jamaica because my my family's jamaican so we would go there for like vacations and stuff and florida yeah because everybody same. loves to go to disney world but um i haven't really seen much of the world i've just been trapped in my house my whole life
0: me either me, same yeah. stuck in new york I, I go to Florida sometimes For family stuff And I've been to Puerto Rico Once mm-hmm. Half of my family's From out there But it was it's beautiful out there But that was one time Like 12 years ago mm. So you grew up around A lot of Jay-Z's music Yeah Right
1: I definitely grew up In a Jay-Z household Yeah um, Well it was mostly My sister that was playing it Yeah Um but she's, my sister's kind of the reason I started looking up my favorite artists. A lot of the people she, and she, it's crazy because she was only listening to, to them in phases. She doesn't really listen to them anymore now. But like, Erica Badu, she used to play her live album all the time. Um, Jill Scott, uh, Jay-Z, like I said, she definitely played a lot of Jay-Z. And Lil Wayne was one of her favorite rappers too. But yeah she's the reason i got into him i I started looking more into the black album i think the black album is probably my favorite album um american gangster a lot of people don't like american gangster because it was like technically a movie soundtrack yeah but i think a lot of jay-z's best work is on that album yeah unpopular opinion but
0: i haven't heard that i only heard you know the the big single from that um Mm -hmm. from that album but i got to dive into that i like the black album the mm-hmm. blueprint is is very good i Definitely. love the blueprint and mm-hmm. the first two albums reasonable doubt and yeah reasonable in my doubt is
1: undoubtedly a classic yeah so.
0: especially friend or foe that's just wow. <laughs> my love favorite that. love i i was
1: literally in the car with my best friend the other day and friend or foe came on and we were literally just like talking to each other as if we were in the room like and it's so that's what i like about um jay-z i feel like he's very descriptive yes he makes you feel like you're you're right there right next to him
0: don't you ever 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 ever, <laughs> ever come around <laughs> here no more <laughs> love that love it and Premier did the beat love definitely. dj Premier. one of yeah. my favorite producers definitely did you like 444
1: um i did i thought it was a beautifully constructed album um
0: that's grown man rap right
1: yeah there. it definitely it definitely shook me a little bit because i was like really? Really, Jay-Z? You had to cheat on Beyonce? Like, what? what's wrong with you? I mean, I, we all knew that he cheated because of Lemonade, but like, yeah. damn, like, hearing his side is like, shit. Like, and you know, he's, pro- he's dealt with a lot you know, yeah. growing up. He had a pretty hard life. But, you know, it's not excusable, his mm-hmm. behavior. But I see how he feels like he has a fear of becoming his dad. His dad wasn't, you know, in his life as he should have been so, I, I see how he grapples with that. But at the same time, it's like, come on, bro. Beyonce, cheat on Beyonce. Like, nah. You risk that for Blue? <laughs> I, uh, man,
0: I love I how honest he was. Like, yeah. uh,
1: I love yeah. that album. Blue is gonna, I always say, like, when Blue gets older, she's going to listen to the album and be like, wow.
0: You do fucked up, daddy. <laughs> you do <done> fucked up. <laughs> yeah.
1: Definitely.
0: You saw in the, I think it was the Grammys. She was telling uh, her parents yeah. like, "Be quiet, or whatever." Was, <laughs> I love that.
1: She's so cute. Yeah. I love
0: her. You love Amy Winehouse too, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Wow. You do your research.
0: And, You know, I, I try. You kind of have to half stalk people when when you do this kind of thing. <laughs> you know, you're gonna realize that if you get into like radio and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Did yeah. you watch the Amy documentary?
1: Um actually I have not watched it. I You have to. I'm going I I I was going to but then I was like eh, I don't want to be sad. Oh well. <laughs> like,
0: I'm going to be honest. It's dumb sad. <laughs> it's crazy sad, but you're going to appreciate her a yeah. lot more. Like Yeah. Especially rehab. Like you're mm-hmm. going to see like how like truthful a lot of the mm-hmm. lyrics on that song are. It is unbelievable. Yeah. But you you will like you would probably hate her dad. Yeah, but you're gonna be sad as hell, regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're gonna appreciate her more. Yeah. If you like the black, the Back to Black album, you're gonna love it a lot more after yeah. hearing this. You, you might actually like tear up a little bit. Like I was. I know I'm
1: going to. I'm very oh, emotional.
0: <laughs> Especially that album. Like after watching the documentary, I put on Back to Black, and I was like, I can't. I have to stop for a second because I'm gonna. I'm about to yeah. weep on this train right now.
1: I have um. I have a fire stick, so I know I, I, when I go home, I can just like look it up and the movie Exodus app and find it. I'll probably gonna that's another thing i don't watch tv at all yeah i don't i have a tv in my room i don't turn it on it's like tv for me i'll watch movies Mm -hmm. but i don't like i think i realized i don't like tv because i hate commercials
0: i feel like it's just
1: I don't know, I have to sit through this entire thing and watch these commercials and then you wait have for the to. show to... I mean, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying, like, i rather, like... Like, Atlanta came out recently, the second season, and I'm literally not watching it. I'm waiting until it finishes so I can watch all the episodes back to back to back. So it feels more like a movie. Right. So, like, I just don't like sitting in front of the TV. I feel like there's other things I could be doing.
0: I get you. I'm, I'm a little less productive than you. I definitely love watching TV, but, like... Because I think that there's a certain like ritual like mm-hmm. you watch a TV show and then you're like wow what's gonna happen next week you have that feeling yeah. throughout the whole week and you're talking to other people who've seen it man mm-hmm. I can't what do you think is gonna happen next week when you binge watch like I love binge watching shows mm-hmm. like I, you know what's really interesting I think people are, are believe that binge watching is a new thing like when we were kids, when you when Edda and Eddie was on Cartoon Network like all day, like yeah, that's all I would do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's the it's the same thing except that, like it's on demand. But I love that feeling of like, man, what's gonna happen next week? But with commercials, you can just go to the bathroom for five minutes and come back. And, yeah, but oh, yeah.
1: binge watching, you could pause it. You could stop where you want. The TV doesn't go on without you if you mm-hmm. decide not to come back. It's like. I don't know if I if I can't have it exactly when I want it, I don't want it.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all right, all right. But there's a lot of good. Sh- I mean, HBO no commercial on HBO. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I like the movie channels. Yeah. I have um my cousin's Verizon Files account, so yeah. when I want to log in and watch stuff, I can. But I just choose I choose not to.
0: A lot of your skits remind me of an episode of Insecure.
1: Like yeah, <laughs> I think that like Issa Rae I love that show.
0: would love this if she yeah. heard this. Like. A lot of Miss Eve stuff was included mm-hmm. in Insecure. I think your Aww. music would be perfect for Insecure. If Easter Ray ever listens to this podcast, <laughs> you should definitely pick up Aphrodite's yes, album and yes, put it in. Hello, oh Easter Ray.
1: We could work together. Please, I would love to Please. be a soundtrack on your show.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: you
0: you think that uh, music is in an experimental phase right now, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, like, who do you think is an artist that's doing the most experimenting? Hmm. That's a loaded question, I know.
1: That is a loaded question. Yeah. Um. Right now, I mean, do I have to like their music to consider? No, of oh, course not. Okay, cool. So I mean, <laughs> I think right now, for talking about experimental, I do think that Takashi Six Nine is is experimenting heavily right now. I think he's seeing what he can get away with. Mm-hmm. Um uh who else now i i think i mentioned this in the last interview but i do love lil uzi a lot i feel like he definitely pushes the limits pushes the barriers because people think like he he's definitely what people would consider a mumble rapper he's in that category because of the XXL freshman class he came up with but i think there's something different about him like he's when, I, when you really look at his influences, he's heavily influenced by, like, Marilyn Manson and some other people. Like, I don't know too, too much about his background, but I know he's from Philly. And when you're in um, situations like that, I, I can imagine him growing up and being looked at as weird, you know, for his likes. But um, I think that turned him into something, especially with the producers that he's paired with. They definitely help him blossom into something more like his music doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like um 21 savages music it doesn't sound like super gangster hood stuff it's it's mm-hmm. very experimental in my opinion i think this yeah. is and he if he grows as an artist hopefully he can you know get off of the you know drug problem that he has because he you know ever since little peep died he said he's been trying to get clean mm-hmm. so i think if he can focus he can definitely be a very influential artist like I see a lot of potential in him he yeah,
0: he I definitely
1: agree. yeah he's he's one he's up there,
0: he's not like like I'm not the biggest Uziverse fan, but when mm-hmm. I hear his music, I'm like, okay, I, I see what you're, you're you're going for, yeah, here. you can tell he's definitely he's trying to leaning somewhere yes. else without being obnoxious about yeah. it. I think certain artists think that, oh, I have so many different influences. Mm-hmm. Let me just put all those influences on one song mm-hmm. just to be different. Quote right. unquote different. And it's not it comes off obnoxious. Right. But I think Uzi yeah. But he like, does it to yeah. the
1: point where it's catchy. Like he yeah. and then yes. people even if you don't like him, he has a melody or his hook makes you Like, you know, it makes you want to dance. And I feel like that's that's a lot of things that people get. That's something that people get misconstrued a lot. Like, people look to um, artists like Lil Uzi Vert, Lil Yachty, all those people for lyricism, and I'm like, what? What do you expect from these kids? They're literally kids that just want to make fun party music. That's like, it. And people just make it seem like it's this big. Uh, oh, they're pushing out real rap. This is what you're replacing it with. I'm like, you don't even. Truthfully, there's a lot of people that's rapping right now that's mm-hmm. really spitting, and people don't pay attention to them.
0: You're right. You're absolutely right.
1: And then, like, I, my my part, I know personally, like, um. D.F.N.S., my producer, he he raps, too. He's not just a – he was a rapper first, always. And, like, when people listen to him, they feel like it's like a 90s throwback, kind of. And they kind of categorize him, and that's another thing I hate. I hate being put in a box. So
0: Word up. I know what that's like.
1: Yeah. So when you, you take people that are trying to be lyrical and then you tell them that they're too old school and you're putting them in a box with 90s stuff and you're just pushing them away – and then you complain about people that sound new. It's like you don't really know what you want.
0: You're not. And you're you're just not growing. Yeah. Fan. And you, exactly. I like what you said. People don't know what they want. When people do good things in hip hop, like look what happened with Jay Z, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is golf course music. This is like kids can't listen to this. Right. But if you turn around, oh, these young kids, they're they're not. They're, all they do is mumble. Like, you don't know what you want. Right. Like, guys out here are making really good music, but you don't care. Right. You know? No one's really talking about Princess Nokia. I think she's fantastic.
1: I actually never got... I heard her name, but I've never really got into her music.
0: She's... I think you would love her. She's amazing. She's so... Mm-hmm. She's a really good rapper, and she toys with different sounds. Mm-hmm. She has, like, a like a unique soulful take on like the New York Mm -hmm. sound Then she has a little, a little trap flavored stuff, Mm -hmm. but she mixes it very well. It's very interesting. And Open Mic Eagle, do you know him? No, actually. He's, he's another one. He's very, very experimental in Mm -hmm. hip hop. He's very melodic, kind of like you, very soulful, Mm -hmm. very conceptual. And I think what Vince Staples is doing, his last album was just like, nobody sounds like that. Nobody.
1: Vince Staples is dope. He has a, that's another thing in this music business. You have to have a very distinct voice. Yeah. And he has a very distinct voice. Yeah. I don't even have to
0: know that this is a Vince Stables song. If I hear the voice, I'm like, oh, yep, it's Vince Stables. Absolutely.
1: Definitely. Um, As far as um, female MCs go that are out right now, like since you mentioned Princess Nokia, I definitely do want to mention Don Monique. Don Monique? I think she's really dope. Um, Black Kate Moss she's doing right now that that was that was pretty good um you gotta put me on yeah i i'll show you her account um in a few she's she's really dope she could spit she's from brooklyn and oh dope yeah um her her real name is don monique so i feel like it's so fitting like she just calls herself the don and i think she's so popping like i i want to meet more girl artists like i feel like one of my dreams is starting a all-girl label
0: like, oh, that'd be dope. I love that.
1: Yeah, a girl, female producers, girl, um, A&Rs, girl managers, girl everything like. And you don't like I feel like the music music industry is very dominated by men. Yeah. Very much so. And I feel like a lot of what gets put out is distributed by a bunch of white Jews because they're the ones that really own the companies. Yeah. But um, yeah, it would be dope to see a a black-owned all Female label, and yeah, wanna, I'd love that. I and as you know, it's funny, wanna...
0: a lot of the artists that I've interviewed in radio and stuff like that have been mostly women, you know. And I'd I love to see that I like an all women label and mm-hmm. women doing everything. That's 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 so dope. And I really like Lizzo, you know, her. Oh man, she's you were another just
1: putting me on to a bunch of people today.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she's very melodic and she she's she can rap her ass off and she can mm-hmm. sing really well too. Mm. You, yeah, you'll definitely dicker so what was the first show you've ever played as the aphrodite
1: oh i remember it was actually um i changed my name in uh 2000 and let me think 2014 end of 2014 But I didn't, I I used to drop music and then just not really, you know, do much. I would just go to the studio, put it out, and that would be it. So (laughs) um, recently, actually, it was pretty recent. My first show is The Aphrodite. Um, It was like last year, um, early last, well, it's probably summer of last year, maybe. Like when it was starting to get cold at Mm -hmm. first. Um, It was with Dinnerland. They had an open mic, and I just went. And I told them it was a, when I was in the audience, I was like, this is my first time performing in three years. Um, and they were like, what, really? And then when I sang, they were like, seriously, you need to get more out. Like, you need to go outside and do things. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, and it, it felt really good. And that's when I knew that, you know, I should, you know, take advantage of my resources you know like living in new
0: york city is so much stuff to do yeah
1: you know? everybody always tells me like when they talk when i'm getting advice from my friends that live in other states they're like you live in new york and i'm like yeah but then it's like i have so many other things going on like the city is so far from me and where i work like it's like yeah i have all these resources in the city but do i have the time to go out there and divide up my life and figure things out. It, like I'm I'm trying to take advantage of that now. But it was harder when I was a security guard because, you know, I'm mandated to be at work at a certain time I There's can't, no way
0: you could play shows like that.
1: Yeah. Especially like working um when I my first schedule as a security guard was um Thursday to Monday, overnight. Every night.
0: Yeah, you ain't playing shows. Yeah. With that kind every of
1: weekend I'm at work, you know, and that it was like that for a long time, but I needed the money. Yeah, because nobody's gonna just give me money. Nobody's gonna. I mean, people. I can find a sponsor, but that's after I've become more accredited and people see the, you know, potential in me and they want to. But that's what I'm working on now. Where um, was this
0: open mic that you played?
1: It was in Brooklyn. It was okay. at Seven Two Seven Create. That is okay. the name of the space. For uh, Dinnerland owns the space, I believe, and they host events out of it. So um, shout out to Dinnerland. I mean, I haven't done anything with them recently but they were a good start to um, getting back on my feet so I'm What was the first
0: show you ever played period as an artist pre-Aphrodite
1: I used to do fashion show at my high school I sang in fashion show okay yeah like they would have acts in between the modeling and I would every year I would sing so that's how everybody from my high school knew that I could sing but yeah that was the first time I ever got up in front of a stage of people, but I mean granted i I would sing at church when I was younger. My mom definitely made me go to church for every Sunday, and I would have to be on the kids' choir, so that's also that was also a start at learning how to talk in front of a crowd and sing you know so I've had some stage experience, but not like I never went to school for theater i never or or you know music. everything was kind of if I got a stage, I had to do it myself. So yeah.
0: That's what's up. It's very DIY and playing shows, you know, recently and mm-hmm. I mean, has the New York City DIY community welcomed you or have you felt welcome?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that pretty much every time I get on stage I get a positive response. I got paid to do an art gallery back in December. Um and pretty pe- people were really digging me. I made I actually made a couple friends from that experience. Um so it's, it's cool going out and seeing people. And when they hear your voice for the first time, they're like, oh, wow, you're cool. And then they want to get to know you after, you know. So, you know, it's a little nerve wracking at first before you start. But once I get up there, it's like very natural. I think that's what I love the most about performing. Like it, it's always a little bit scary. But when you're when you have talent. You don't really have, you just let your talent speak for itself. And
0: when yeah. you're doing your own music that you create, I th- wouldn't yeah, that like help it's more, the process? Or,
1: it's super yeah. organic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because if you're doing like covers and stuff like that, you're like, oh, the song doesn't sound like this. And mm-hmm. it's just, you're not really doing you. But when yeah. you're doing your own stuff, it's like, it's, uh, yeah, like you said, a very organic, smooth process.
1: I do definitely want to. Organize sets, though, because I feel like when you do incorporate those songs that everybody knows and loves, they start to appreciate you more, too. Um, I don't really know what songs I would include into my set off the top of my head, but I've, I've watched. I, that's another thing. Another good thing about going to these shows, you watch other people that are more seasoned perform and then you get you take pieces, bits and pieces from what they do and incorporate it into, you know, your own thing like knowing how to captivate a crowd is is definitely a key um i went to i think it was star bar or something like that um i went there and i i watched this guy oh his name escapes me right now but he definitely he had a live band and boy he just knew how to get your attention and um, he wasn't even like at the top of his game that night because he had just finished performing somewhere else and his throat. He said his throat was very sore.
0: Sounds like black milk.
1: <laughs> I love black milk. Yeah. But um. yeah, he um he still rocked the stage that night. And it was crazy because he just had a vibe to him. Like his energy just made you want to like dance and just vibe out with him. Like he made you feel like you were right at home. Yes. Like he made the venue his home. That's my goal every time I perform. Make it comfortable for everybody.
0: Because I've been to so many shows in New York that have been one way or the other. i Have been just bands just playing along, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of boring. The songs are nice, but the performance is zero. Yeah. And then I've seen bands that are just like off the wall, just, oh my God, just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I envy that kind of stage presence. Mm-hmm. And going to Meadows, seeing the Migos on stage was mm-hmm. like a whole nother, and Run the Jewels, yeah. that was wild like i love that i love having great music and great performance that's important because you got to play shows
1: you gotta have charisma
0: absolutely you have
1: to be a personable person yes but i think that my ideal kind of venue would be like a sit-down place where people could just like you know chill and, like, there's benches everywhere. I, I could have, like, a stool or something if I choose to. But, like, I want it to be, like, a very peaceful, homey experience. Because I feel like my music is not... Recently, I've been experimenting with, like, like 2007 sounds like that. That's more uppity, like, go get 'em. them. Yeah. But for the most part, I think my music is very chill. And it has a relaxed kind of tone to it so yes. I would want people to feel relaxed when I listen to my music I want everybody to be as comfortable as possible I want my music to put you in a trance and I want you to feel like you're floating yes
0: late night tip is that thank you exactly <laughs> I feel like I'm just floating
1: thank you yeah
0: like I think people you know that that go on dates and you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know they start to get intimate with each other you mm-hmm. know it's it's good it's good sex music to mm-hmm. be honest yes late night tip perfect absolutely thank you. And yeah, I love the. It's your voice, is very sultry. It's it brings you into a trance, into a certain yeah. mood, and I love that. So, are you familiar with a lot of the the New York, Brooklyn-based festivals like Northside and Out in the Streets?
1: Um, I've been to a couple things. Like I've been to events, but I don't really remember the names off the mm-hmm. top of my head. But I go if I see my my friends are going. But I don't really know the names per mm-hmm. se. So no, actually,
0: Out in the Streets is one of the best New York festivals because they focus on New York mm-hmm. artists. And When does that happen? It happens every July. Mm. I went 2 years ago and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in New York. It's okay. it's awesome. It's it brings an intimacy to the festival idea. Like there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of bands on 2 days mm-hmm. and um, it's it's a really good. Exp- the tickets are crazy cheap. Mm. I think I paid sixteen bucks to see mm. like six or seven bands. Oh wow! Yeah, I definitely reach out to them. Mm. They, they put on amazing shows. So your Silent Barn show was canceled because of you know weather and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you really have no idea when the ne- when your next official album show or your next show <sighs> is going to be.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to put together some dates for Mm. um, performances. That's why, as we were talking earlier, I was looking for more curators that put on shows. I don't really know too many of those people because, you know, like I said, I've been sheltered in my house my whole life. Mm. And I never really was in the party scene like that. I don't know people that put events together. Um, I know people that make music, but the business aspect, like I said, is not really something that I've been in and i'm trying to you know get my foot in that door now because i feel like equal they're both equally important like i can have great music but what good is it if i don't have a good promotion set up like and that's another thing i wanted to build a team like so i can you know i don't have to worry about all of this stuff by myself like i i feel like because i have i i'm so busy trying to figure myself out as an artist that like when it comes to the business stuff i'm just exasperated by time we have to even go to that part of this it's just like really stressful and i don't like my my friend that's my manager janice like she has she has her own things going on too so it's not like she's always with me all the time Mm -hmm. she tries she definitely gives me solid advice when i need it like but as you know She's still in school. Well, you know, she's trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life. This is a very crucial point in her life, and I don't want to burden her with my issues. So I'm trying to figure everything out by myself mostly. But, um, yeah. I think you should take time
0: to meet with her and like go over this kind of thing and like do research and stuff. I know Ad Hoc and Pop Gun, they put together shows around New York. A lot of the shows that I've been to are like Babies All Right, Mm -hmm. put together by Pop Gun or Ad Hoc. And I think the guys who run Pop Gun run elsewhere you know mm-hmm. that space and um i think it's it's in bushwick or east williamsburg
1: mm-hmm. sounds familiar
0: yeah yeah they i think that would be a good you know space for you and there's a lot of diy spots mm-hmm. you know around here that'll definitely welcome your music i mean
1: yeah
0: i mean when i hear your stuff when you know as far as like independent artists no signees no labels and i like that like you're mm-hmm. one of the one of the better ones out there here that, that are doing it by themselves so i don't see why any kind of show promotion would not have you on any kind of bill. It'll be, yeah. It's ludicrous to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so you have these beautiful cassettes that I have in my hand right now. Yes, so do. do you think that, you know, physical music is still viable? Do you collect cassettes, CDs, vinyl or anything?
1: Yeah, I was actually starting to Look, I have um I have some cassettes that were given to me personally by my friends. I have Friends out in Kansas, um, my friend Maurice Anthony, his cassette that he did, he sent it to me the first time. And that's the same guy that did his cassettes was the guy, um, This Ain't Heaven Recording LLC in Kansas. They're the ones that made my cassette tapes for me. Dope. Um, so dealing with them, I've definitely, um, I actually don't even have a cassette player, but I think that it's good to have physical memorabilia of your work. And cassettes are actually pretty easy to preserve if you take care of them yes and you know as long as you have the technology to play them you know some and everybody has a, like well, not everybody but people have cassette players in their cars people have old stereos that they have in their house that they haven't thrown out yet as long as you preserve those things um you can keep it alive and that's kind of the feeling I wanted to have. And if you open the cassette tape it actually Oh
0: it's 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 oh, it's a tape in there. You yeah. have a download in it?
1: Yeah, there's a link yeah. to Bandcamp. Yes. That you can um go and download the tape from. Yeah. So
0: I already yeah. have I downloaded it off of Bandcamp already, but you know, I just want the physical thing so I can listen to it. I mm-hmm. want the full raw analog yeah. sound. It sounds better. People think, mm-hmm. Oh, there's no difference. No, it is. There is a difference. Yeah, I, was, I
1: played it in my friend's car for the first time. Yeah, I and saw And it, it actually, it, it sounded a little different. Like, yeah. it was like, probably like an octave higher.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that some tapes that I have, you know, I have a Ty Siegel tape. You know Ty Siegel? Yeah. You know, yeah, so I have... I bought his last album on cassette mm. and the first song is like an octave or two higher and it sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It
1: puts your music in a whole other perspective. Like, Absolutely. you wouldn't think of it in that you wouldn't think of it in that key, that tone, or anything like that. And it just sounds refreshing, honestly. Yeah. Like I was surprised when I heard it, but then I got used to it after a while. Like it sounded, you know.
0: Yeah, here we go. We got this beautiful black and purple oh, this is gorgeous. I love that. Thank you. And the download. Oh, this is awesome. Like you yeah. really took the art. Like, there's very few people that take the art aspect of their, their physical music seriously. Mm-hmm. My friend Astronaut from Long Island, he designs his own artwork, mm-hmm. like, physically. Like, he has the, he makes the physical art, and then he applies that art to his mm-hmm. album artwork. Oh, it's fantastic. I love that. So, uh, 2007. <laughs> Did you actually get Eric Badu to mm-hmm. speak at the end?
1: Okay, so <laughs> <All right>. that <laughs> is a funny story. Yes. Um, back when she dropped her last album,
0: yeah, the mixtape
1: um, thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, she had a promotion for it, and um, what happened was on her album cover, it's like a bunch of hidden numbers, and if you put all the numbers together, then you can call her. And she she had a burnout cell phone just for the promotion, so wow. I was like. I didn't get the number at first because I'm blind, so I can't see things when they're right in front of me. But um, other people had got it, and people were posting about posting the number, so I was just trying my luck and calling, and I did not think she was going to pick up. Every time I call, it would be busy. And then one time, she actually answered, and I was freaking out. So, um, yeah, we talked. That, that whole clip was us talking. We did We only spoke for about 30 seconds because my phone cut off. And I feel like she was getting so many incoming calls that her phone probably she probably lost signal too, but um, she had recorded herself talking on her Periscope. Wow. And that is how I had got the audio from after when after she hung up, but um, yeah. So I took that. I had the video in my phone. I, I knew I was gonna use it someday, and then last year um i had i was looking through my memories and i saw the audio and i sent it to k cipher which is the guy that produced the beat and very good friend of mine very talented individual and i asked him what he could do with it and i actually asked him to sample an erica song for for the beat i believe he used you used to call me Mm -hmm. um and it it actually kind of went like after i put the whole project together it actually kind of went with the theme because the skits are all phone calls. Yes. And then the last part of that song is a phone call, but it's like the best phone call.
0: What did she say to you in those 30 seconds?
1: Uh, she basically, it was literally just her. Um, the song is called 2007 because um, she was just basically like, hey, you're the last call I'm taking tonight. Um, and then she was like, you know, you're like the 2007 person that answered the phone and said, oh, my God so wow yeah that's why I called it and that was it <laughs> yeah and then I was I was just talking after that and I was like you know I really love you and I was gonna tell her that she followed me on Twitter and that I make music but then it cut off
0: oh man yeah. alright she would, she would love your music
1: I know I'm, I'm honestly I'm glad that I put that on the song because if she hears it one day I want her to remember me
0: absolutely and she said
1: my name like, oh my
0: god see she I couldn't like, oh. hear it that well on the song
1: she was like oh we lost connection her name was Kelly wow yeah
0: that's awesome, that's fantastic. So, a lot of your songs on this album are based around your your diaries, thus mm-hmm. the Afro diaries. Yes, is there such a thing as too personal? Uh, you know, bringing out some of those stories that you may feel like I don't want nobody to hear this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Some of the aspects of my life, um, I do not want to be shared with the public, but that is something that you know most people have to sacrifice when they blow up. Um, there are certain things in my past that I will not acknowledge um but if they were to come out i would have to embrace it you know like there's no i'm not gonna say that you know it, i'm not gonna lie and say that i didn't have anything to do with it because mm. you know there's people that were that grew up with me around that time that you know can vouch and that can say that you know i was involved in said situations but i would rather the whole world not know for as long as possible, I'd rather prolong that as much as possible, but you know, everything that was done in the dark comes to light eventually, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna have to take it with a grain of salt.
0: Yeah, that's all you can do. And are any of the songs on here, um, things that actually happen to you?
1: Yeah, for the most part, um, like my... guys not
0: answering you when you oh,
1: yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My love life is a joke, but um, <laughs> same, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. Um, the whole album is not about one specific person. Of course. It's just uh, I turned it into a story so that it could make more sense and be more cohesive. But each song is not exclusively about one person. Um, Twin Flame is about a very close friend of mine. We were romantically involved for about three years. And after we um, like we would like get each other on a personal level and then the physical stuff would just happen. But after a while, we realized that it's kind of holding the both of us back. So we had to, like, learn to grow apart and just be friends. Um, Sunrays, that was just a story I came up with in my head. Um, mm, It's, like, basically about meeting somebody in the street and then a relationship blossoms from meeting them in the street. Mm. So... I mean, that's happened before, but I didn't, that, that situation was not about, that song I wrote was not about any of those situations. I was just, you know, writing, um, what else, uh, late night tip was that's, that's, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> a booty call. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no need to explain. It. I already got it from just from listening. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 cool. I love that. So who are you listening to now?
1: Um. Right now, um. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually listen to a lot of trap music.
0: Oh, same.
1: <laughs> I like the because I've been trying to keep my energy up the yeah. past few days. So right now, I'd say somebody that people people that definitely keep me up. Uh, I love ASAP Mob. Yeah. I love the Migos. Their last album, I wasn't really too... I wasn't feeling it too much, but there are certain tracks on there that I absolutely love.
0: Motorsport, stir fry. Yeah,
1: stir fry, walk it, talk it. Oh yes. Bbo, BBO's my oh, favorite love song BBO. right now.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I was literally
1: listening to that as I was walking, love and that. I had it on repeat. That's how yeah. much I love that song. I
0: love Twenty One. He does. He's on the hook only. Yeah. Oh and man. And he just Kills, kills it. it. And Superstars is great too.
1: I actually didn't listen to that one. It
0: was like one of the first songs. And the same guy who did that beat, I think Buddha Blessed, did one of my favorite songs on the first uh, culture called Casting. Yeah, Buddha's uh, pretty dope. Yeah, he's real dope.
1: Buddha's Buddha's amazing.
0: Did you like uh, Without Warning?
1: Not the whole thing. I love the
0: whole goddamn thing. (laughs) That whole thing, from Ghostface Killers all the way to was the last one was Darth Vader. I think
1: there's some there's some songs on there I do like. I can't tell you like when I listen to it, I listen to it on Audio Mac and it kind of just plays in the playlist. Okay. So I can't really tell you exactly what songs I like, but there are some songs on there that I know.
0: You gotta listen to the whole thing, yeah, front to back. You gotta. I, I'm
1: pretty sure I have because I just let it play. It's yeah. like the playlist is in my playlist. Mm. So like when I added it, it just literally plays from first to last track and then whatever else songs I have just play randomly. But I do listen to it back to front yeah. when I do. Um, but I, I've i been on my... Front to back. Yeah, front <laughs> to back. back to front. But <laughs> I mostly have um, go on Apple Music because yeah. my friend pays for it on his family plan so I just take advantage of it, you know? That's what's up. But um yeah. And else but um you know when i'm not really up to you know in the mood to do all that party stuff then mm-hmm. i have a you know i have my other playlist let me look at it so i can tell you who's on it
0: you gotta listen to raven Lane.
1: that you name is very to familiar her.
0: yeah she is fantastic i think she's the future of r&b mm. like her and kalela
1: i've heard that name a love lot love them
0: they are so good very mm. exciting uh beautiful stuff they are the future and that, oh man, that without warning, like that song, disrespectful. When Twenty One Savage comes in, I'm a chain swing and gang. I'm like, yo, <laughs> this guy's on one. Oh god damn it! And Offset is just so charismatic. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I love the Migos, man. I love
1: Offset. They have really good chemistry. All yes. three of them.
0: Yes. Yes. And Metro Boomin murders yeah, it.
1: Definitely. Fantastic. All the time.
0: So you have no word on your next show. You don't know when that's gonna be
1: not right now no but um as soon as i do find out i will definitely let you know okay um
0: where can people follow you
1: people can follow me on twitter instagram at it's all spelled the same it's t-h-e-a-f-r zero d-i-t-e the aphrodite all across twitter social um twitter Twitter and social media. Twitter, <laughs> yeah. Instagram, SoundCloud. Not Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the three things I use most of the time. And I've, I've definitely stopped using Snapchat, especially yes. after that whole Rihanna thing. Word so. up. Um, I'm on Instagram stories now so you can catch me see what I'm doing see yeah. what I'm up to you know? yeah your stories are lit though thank you <laughs> yeah, you, you, real tur- you turn I, up I you try get to out make here. them as aesthetically pleasing as possible
0: yeah you're right that's how I found out about these tapes I'm like you, you cut open the box I'm like I gotta get me one of them shits definitely
1: <laughs> I appreciate right. it
0: yeah Thank you.
1: I appreciate you having me. Yes,
0: Aphrodite, very fun to talk to you. I'm gonna enjoy the shit out of this tape. (laughs) This has been level five of my little underground. Please subscribe on iTunes and check out the website PeterARadio.us. A big thanks to Mike of Continental for holding it down once again. Yeah. All right, guys, take care.